Sunny Shore City, you're listening to The Underground Radio, bringing you all the very best Pokemon news and views this side of Twist Mountain. I'm Sam, and today with me are Josh and Kent. For today's broadcast, we'll review the latest Pokemon news, check our mail from Delibird, recap the events at the 2014 U.S. Nationals Tournament, and spotlight the first of a trio of Golem from Hoenn. So sit back, relax, and give your Radio Rotome what it wants. So guys, how are you doing this fine day? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, Sam. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How about you, Josh? I am doing wonderful. Excellent. Well, uh, this is the first episode in... Uh, couple weeks that we've recorded i've been editing like a fiend over the last couple of days because i super fell behind but good news the voting rounds that we had have concluded for all of our double team and now the new double draw segment so we'll talk about that in a couple minutes here because the voting got awfully just stupid close in the video game portion quite intense it was was ridiculous it was ridiculous but first things first we'll talk about our weeks in pokemon kent yeah i'll go ahead and uh get started here uh because i have actually a pretty uh hefty pokemon chatter all right Um, so first i guess would be the fancy vivian that was distributed uh i picked that up and it's it's so pretty it's so pretty. It is very pretty. Um, I also am finally getting to work on my first run through face palm of <laughs> Pokemon Y. Uh, I'm currently at about 24 hours and six badges in, so I'm getting close. Okay. But, uh, still a little bit of work to be done there. Um, oh, I dusted off. Pokemon Conquest this week and Ooh. finally finished the main story because um, when I left off oh, about two years ago, um, I still had, I think, two more castles to um, to conquer. So well, Congratulations. I got, those, I got those conquered and finished up the main story, and now there's just, like, a ridiculous amount of post-game to do. So yes. All of the post-game ever. So <laughs> I, I at least finished the main story. I can dust my hands off from that one and put it back on the shelf for well, a while. There you go. Um, I also checked the rankings for the Eevee friendly that was a couple of weeks ago on uh, the PGL and 
surprisingly, I placed in the top 15%. Nice! That's good work. I was very pleased with myself. Um, yeah, it, for for being limited to just the evolutions, um, I, I thought I did, you know, pretty well. Uh, I think I wound up with, like, a record of gosh i can't remember it was like 17 and 11 so yeah 17 wins 11 losses so uh, it was you know pretty good not not the greatest by far but good enough for for the top 15 percent clearly (laughs) absolutely go yep uh i also have finished up breeding teams and ev training for two different tournaments that are going to be going on uh, kind of this weekend slash next week. Um, the Striaton Conference, uh, which is going to be run by the guys over at Striaton Radio, uh, which requires a hefty 12 Pokemon. So that was interesting. Uh, and side note, uh, my Radio Rotom is going to be participating in that tournament. Hooray! So, as it should. As it should. Uh, and then I also started, or I, I finished up a team for a Shreveport local tournament that's going to be Hoenn-only Pokemon. And, I, like, when I say Hoenn-only, it's limited to Pokemon that you could catch in Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, but there's uh, a bonus. Um, you would get, the, the prizes are going to be bred Pokemon, and for first place, you'll get one bred Pokemon of your choice, you know, with the whatever you want on it. Um, but if you limit yourself to Pokemon that were new to Gen 3, new to Hoenn, then you would get uh, a second uh, hmm. bred Pokemon for winning. So that's pretty Interesting. Cool. Yep. Um, I've been... Uh, item and money farming like a fiend in Pokemon X. Uh, just going through trying to uh, get as much uh, as many battles in at uh, the, the cafe in Lumio City or the, the restaurant I guess. And uh, I, I finally tracked down the reveal glass and the DNA splicers so I can uh, mess around with my uh, my genies from Gen 5 and uh, the Curum fusions. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, I finally tracked down and caught Moltres, which was a pain in the butt, uh, but I did it. <laughs> uh, you have no idea, Kent. Uh, and then... Um, since I'm taking up an awful lot of time here, uh, I'm going to cut it off. Um, I, I traded I traded away a couple of Enigma berries this week. So that was fun. Very cool. Yeah. That will make some people very happy. Oh, yeah. Def- definitely. So, Josh, what have you been up to? Well, not as much as Kent, but um, I also caught one of my legendary birds. I did post it on the Facebook page, but I'll go over it anyways. I did catch my Zapdos. I changed it up a bit because between Bryce, one of my league guys down here, and myself, we had acquired a timid 
modest and bold Zapdos. So I was like, all right, I'll go for Calm. Go for a bulky one. And I went Calm and within just felt like a few short hours compared to the timid one I was going for. I got one with 31, 0, 30, 30, 31, 31. So it's not HP Ice, but it's still as close to perfect as it can be. Right. So I was very, very happy with that. And then shortly thereafter, I got my first fancy pattern, Vavillain. And it is fancy. Nice. And yeah, since then I've just been working on my Mudkip again. I still really want to get that shiny, and he's just being a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) And Pokemon League this week and last week, I guess. Um, Again, I haven't been going to my Thursdays for as long, but I've been doing the Saturday thing. And this is kind of Pokemon related because it's the reason that I'm doing it, but I'm learning Japanese. I think I'm learning Japanese. I really think so. Woo. Nice. Yeah, I actually got the Rosetta Stone program for Japanese, so I've been going over that for the past only like four days now. But it's that's pretty interesting the way it works. That's still pretty cool. So does that mean that when future Pokemon games drop, you're going to import? Well, since we get them all the same day now, it doesn't really matter, and I'm just learning the language. Like, I'm not learning the kanji, the lettering. So what I'm doing is I'm just learning how to listen and understand and then speak. And from what I've heard, within, you know, a month's time, you can hold a very basic conversation. So I've actually been listening and doing more work every day in the program so that I can hopefully buy worlds, at least understand some of the things that people are saying. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I can't really hold a conversation with them without, you know, sounding like an idiot, if I can just understand some of what they're talking about, it would be pretty cool. For sure. So yeah, that's about it for me. How about you, Sam? I have been pretty much doing either tournaments or administrative things. If Whether it's been uh, participating in the $10 tournament that we held at Paradox this last week, uh, first time we've ever had an entry fee for a Pokemon tournament, worked out very beautifully. We had enough people buy in to be able to get a whole booster box back to nice. give back as prizes. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, there's also been the Fire and Colorless trading card game tournament where you could not use EXs or uh, hypnotoxic lasers. That worked out pretty well, though it took a very long time to get done. It came right down to the wire for that one, so I think we finished out with 10 minutes to go before League shut down. Nice. Um, <laughs> there was also uh, Pokemon League. I've just been giving away prizes left and right to people. They've finally gotten to the point where they're starting to finish out entire cards and then of course when they finish out the card for this latest season i give them everything that they would have earned from the previous seasons also at the same time so that's been pretty awesome you're like the oprah of pokemon up there pretty much (laughs) i've given away so much stuff now that i've fully run out of all of the uh, trainer the pr- the promo cards for the first four seasons, and I've burned through all of the Froakie keychains now. Wow. So 
I'm getting very close to burning out all of the Fennekin ones now, too. It's just I need more people to give more stuff away to. So yeah, Makes sense. Yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say no. I know. I might have to do that. But uh, um, we also had my own league challenge, which will be today. So that'll be exciting. I'm hoping to see a lot of people there. I don't know how many people I'm going to get, but I'll be happy if I can get the minimum required, so that'll be good. And then I've also been participating in the EXP share tournament that has been going on for the last couple of weeks here. Uh, They've had me paired up with the Canadian National Champion in the first round, and I didn't do as well but it was still a really awesome uh, first couple of rounds there, and I did pretty well, all things considered. And just today, I ended up fighting my second round opponent, who was one of the guys who organizes the EXP podcast, and he and I had some really awesome matches. I my electrode did a ridiculous amount of work, so... Yes, it did. (laughs) The thing is a beast. (laughs) (laughs) So that was really exciting. And then, as Kent referred to earlier, I also traded a bunch of stuff. I got my berries that I needed, and I traded away a couple other little different things to other players. Got myself a bunch more of the dittos, which I think will feature in a later segment of this podcast here, but we'll get to that in a second. Yes, we will. (laughs) And otherwise, that's pretty much been it for me. So I think we will then move on to the news desk, which will have some really exciting reveals about the underground voting segment. And now it is time for the news desk. We have a very important underground announcement to lead out here with. Uh, Voting has concluded for the double team and double draw segments. And for the double team one alone, looks like we had 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 33 33 people who voted. So that was exciting. And then for the double draw segment, and I, it's, it's new and we don't have too many uh, trading card game players who listen up here, but we did have 12 people who voted for this one and you know, we super appreciate all of the people who voted and opted to choose which one of these were actually going to be covered. Um, for the double draw segment, Plasma Badge took it with seven votes. Uh, Mega Venusaur had four and Melodic had one. And then for double team, uh, Polytoad and Scissor both had nine votes apiece with a lot of people voting for those at the very last second. I mean, Politoed and Scissor both kind of made a nice comeback with that from the six or whatever they were both at before. And Toxicroak won it with 15. Of course he would. Yep. So Toxicroak is going to be the next Pokemon that we will be doing the double team segment on, and Plasma Badge will be the next 
will be the first card ever that we're doing for the double draw segment. So we'll be covering those here in the very near future. And thanks very much again for everybody who voted. I really appreciate it. All the people here at the podcast appreciate it. And let's, you know, look forward to the next round of voting here, which will be opening after the next episode. So, uh, the next thing that we have up here is that the Battle of Legends tournament is currently ongoing, which I am not participating in. I am not either. Oh, this is going to be disappointing because I am not as well. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I guess 0 for 3. Yeah. I I want to say that somebody from the podcast is, though. Yeah. Um, Let me double check. Nope. I guess he's not from the podcast. Forgive me. I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, well... Go ahead, Ken. Well, I was I was really considering entering the the tournament, but like I think you needed to have two legends. Well, you could have up two. Up two. Yeah, you could have none. Okay, so maybe I just lost out on that opportunity. But like, I was under I was under the impression that you had to have at least two. So I was like, uh, no, nope, two was the I maximum never, that you could have. I, I, I never really do anything with my legendary Pokemon anyway. They just kind of sit in the box and look pretty. So yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't even, you know, I don't try to to catch good legendaries necessarily, and I never EV train them. So yeah, you know, yeah, what's I'm the in point? the same boat, which I just didn't even bother. <laughs> Yeah, and for those of you who don't remember what this tournament was, it was a tournament where it was, I believe it was doubles? Yes, Yes. because I think what we talked about was pairing Mewtwo and Darkrai and just calling it a day. Yep, it is a double battle. Uh, You can use any Pokemon, but you can't use Deancey, which I don't think has even been released yet. It has not. And you can't use any more than two legendary Pokemon on your team. And it's actually today is the last day of the tournament. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. I'm ex- I'm interested to see what the lineups are, like what the most popular Pokemon is. I'm super betting that it is Mega Mewtwo, but, you know, I- well... I would agree with that. I think Mega Mewtwo has seen a, a huge... Well, I, I think Mewtwo in general has seen a huge boost in popularity since X and Y came out. Yeah. yeah. So there is that. There is that. And um, make sure before the end of this month, I think there's just three more days, four more days for it, uh, you pick up your fancy pattern, Vavillain. Do not miss out on this, because it is, I mean, it's unique. It's something that everybody should have, and who doesn't want to have a Pokemon that can hold hands? It's true. Let's be honest. I I want one. <laughs> Especially a Pokemon with probably the tiniest hands in the Pokemon world. Yep, for sure. 
for sure. So there is that. Remember to pick up your fancy pattern, Vavilion. And then uh, we also have details for a Pikachu Outbreak Chew Pikachu Event Chew. Yeah. Chew. That that's that sounds right, Chew. Yep. Nah, right, Chew. Right, Chew. <laughs> right, I get it. Uh, I get it. Uh, it'll be held in uh, Minato Mirai in Yokohama. Uh, it will be in a Cherish Ball at level 10. It'll have the event ribbon, and its move set will be Thunderbolt, Quick Attack, Surf, and Hold Hands. Yay, more hand-holding. Yay! Oh, and it also has an air balloon for the item. Hooray! Yay, holding hands with the air balloon. Holding so it's perfect. Hands. He can hold hands with the Vivi- or Vivian. I think that's actually what it's called. In the anime, they call it Vivian. So that's what I'm going to start calling it. But yes, he can float with his air balloon while the Vivian is flying and they can be holding hands. Well, there you go. And it is just beautiful to picture the Chew <laughs> and the Vivian Chew holding the Pikachu's hand during the Outbreak Chew Tournament Chew Pikachu. Yeah. Picture Chew that Chew. Exactly Chew. Speaking of Pikachu Tournament Chew, there is a Pikachu Tournament Chew that will be happening Chew. Chew Chew. <laughs> this tournament. <laughs> this tournament Chew will be a tournament where you can use I believe it's any Pokemon that cannot that has the potential to evolve. Yes. So you could not use a Kangaskhan by using a Graveler or a Charmeleon or a Pikachu. Chew would be legit. Chew. <laughs> so Oh gosh. <laughs> yes. And there what are the is it just the Pikachu that they're giving at that event, the tournament chew? Um, it's for the Minato Mirai Park. That's the one okay. that they're giving out the that Pikachu there. Pikachu. Uh, for the Pikachu tournament chew, all participants get the light ball as a present. Um, and you also cannot use the Eviolite item, and all the Pokemon have to be Kalos native. Okay, okay. So that's the light ball. I couldn't remember which was which. My bad. Forgive me. <laughs> so there is that. And I think that's pretty much all there is for news. It's been kind of slow news week, but we had a giant news week last time to cover. Yes, so. Did. <laughs> <laughs> and so that having been said, we will move on to our main topic, which is all about the recap of the Nationals Tournament. Welcome to our main topic, which is all about the national is a recap of the Nationals tournament that was held over the 4th of July weekend in Indianapolis. And 
It was a fantastic time. Just ask Josh. Yes, Josh. And it was fantastic. Yes. So there were a lot of people there. It was really exciting. There were there were a lot of really interesting things that were brought to the tournament. And we figured that a good way to cover it would be to talk about some of the winning teams that were there. And for those of you who are curious, since we probably won't go into excruciating detail with these, you can certainly check out all of the information on who were the top four for each age division in both the video game and the trading card game at the Pokemon website. All you have to do is look up the uh, 4th of July nationals tournament coverage that they had there and it is all right there for you and what we decided to do was start out with the trading card game and talk about some of the uh highlights of these decks here and the reason that i chose that we would talk about this one first is because of something very depressing for a lot of people that happened at nationals this year and it's kind of a cautionary tale to everybody who is looking to play in tournaments that will also be playing in the trading card game, and that is to properly fill out your deck list. Yes. Uh, oh, what happened? So, the problem that a lot of people faced there was that when they filled out their deck lists, they got just a little bit lazy with how they were filling it out and wrote the word Juniper for yep. Professor Juniper. You know, it's oh, just, no. you know, Juniper. But they failed to take into consideration that there are there is another card that shares the name Juniper, which is Cedric Juniper. And it's a supporter as well, and the Rather than try and sort through all of this mess that the that they were having, the judges declared that anybody who wrote the word Juniper on their list instead of Professor Juniper or Cedric Juniper had to replace those cards with basic energies and had to take a first round game loss. Yep. Oh, ouch. I <laughs> so, actually experienced that myself. I was doing a couple deck checks for a very short time. Yep. So, for those of you who are interested in participating in a tournament, please write out the entire text of the card. You do not want to risk running into that sort of situation. It was an awful time. Or just run Sycamore and call it a day. <laughs> there yeah, you go. That, that works. <laughs> so, now that we had that cautionary warning out of the way... Uh, I think we'll start out with the junior division here first. And now when it comes to the junior division, they, you know, they're, I believe this is ages, oh, it's 12 and under, I think. Sounds about right. I can, 12 I, and under or under 12, I can't remember. Which under 12. Is, but yeah, yeah okay. one or the other. One or the other. And for these ones here, uh, we had a couple people who were the choices for this one, and a lot of people in the junior division ran all... It was really two decks that were really the big ones there, and it was the Genesect EX and the Eveltal EX. And for very good reasons. I mean, those decks are very powerful. So 
there is that. Um, the one with Andy Younger, who was the national champion of the junior division, was pretty much a very, very, very straightforward Genesect and Verizian deck. I mean, there's there really wasn't too much else to go into detail on that one. It was three Genesect EX, two Raichu, four Verizian EX, and one Jirachi. So. I, I like the Jirachi simply because of the ability. Because that's actually... I, I used that Jirachi in uh, my Dragon deck. And it, it's, it's really useful to be able to get a supporter if you are just flailing. <laughs> yep. That's what took me forth in the uh, tournament that I played in on Sunday, was just being able to Jirachi for a Lysander or whatever it is that I needed, and totally got me some clutch plays there. But yeah, the Jirachi is very powerful, and I mean, Verizian Gensect, Verizian being able to load up the bench with energy and to shield yourself from any hypnotoxic lasers, and then Genesect with... he did run it, a G-Booster. So, you know, just blowing stuff up with G-Booster is also fantastic as well. Explosions Absolutely. are good. Indeed. Um, Josh, looks like... They're... Well, I'm not even going to talk about the runner-up for juniors. Really? Because it's... it is an identical deck. Pretty much, it's, yeah. It's almost the exact same thing. He just has less full arts for his Pokemon. Yep. It's the exact same number of Pokemon, the exact same everything, Pokemon-wise. He changed out one energy. He's got a double colorless compared to the other guy who just had the 10 grass, the 4 plasma. So, I mean, one difference there. And then the supporters and trainers are a little different, but really not enough to talk about. Exactly. It's yep. basically the exact same deck, which is kind of funny. I mean, for anybody who's ever <laughs> played the deck, I've never played it, but I have a few league members that run it. It's a very straightforward deck. Yep. You get what you need, you hit what you need to, and you're that that's it. Like, there's no real intense strategy to it. I do see one difference, though, that I think might have played a key difference, and that is that the runner-ups deck doesn't have a Lysander or Pokemon Catcher in it. And, yeah, no, it doesn't have any of those, and the leaders one had one Lysander. Yep. So, that might have made all the difference with that one. I didn't watch the match. You take out a single, like, benched Verizian, it can be very nice. Exactly. That is true. But, yeah, outside of that, there's really not much of a difference between the two. Yeah. No. Um, you should lead us into the next one, then, which was talking all about our next semifinalist, who was Rachel, who had, yeah. an other, who had another uh, deck that was also kind of interesting. Yeah, she ran the Eveltal EX with Darkrai EX deck, which is another very popular deck. Um, it's it's awesome because the Darkrai lets you move the energy. Nope. Or, nope. Sorry, lets Dark... you retreat as much as you want. Sorry, I yep. know what I meant. Yeah, it lets <laughs> you retreat and move around as much as you want as long as your Pokemon has a Dark Energy on it, mm -hmm. which in the deck they're running 9 Darkness and then some Double Colorless. Yep. Because, yeah, 
Eveltal and Evil Ball plus double colorless is awesome. Exactly. And they're also running uh, two of the Junk Hunt Sableye, which we talked about just last episode. Yeah, it was pretty close. Oh, yeah. It wasn't that long ago when we talked about that Junk Hunt. It's such a good card. Being able to pull your item cards out of your discard pile is amazing. Yep. Even it's if you so sacrifice one uh, of your prize or one of your opponent's prize cards for it, it's still worth it to get cards that you need. Indeed. And then they did run the Raichu in the deck, just in case they ran into other Eveltals. Mm-hmm. Because Raichu is very good at destroying their faces and is only need or only needs a double colorless energy to be able to use its circle circuit attack. Yep. And then Drudagon was also in the deck. Uh, I'm assuming for revenge because it can't use Dragon Claw. Yep. And that revenge attack too, I'm sure she teched in just to deal with any dragon type Pokemon that were out there. I'm don't know how many people ran Black Kurami X or uh, Rayquaza EX, but I'm sure that would have been a nice way to just reset button and blow them up. So Yeah, and it can be really nice for um, any EX that has already taken some damage. That's true. Because Revenge does a base 90 if one of your Pokemon was knocked out the last turn, and then you throw something like a Muscle Band on there, you're doing a lot of damage to an EX that even with just some chip damage will get knocked out. Yeah. Yep. So it it can be very nice to yeah lose maybe one of your EXs, but turn or next turn come out with a Pokemon that sure they can knock out if they want, mm-hmm. but only get one prize card and you get your two back from knocking their EX out. And it looks like from her deck she was really aiming for chip damage. I see four hypnotoxic lasers in here, two muscle bands, uh, threw in an enhanced hammer to be able to knock off any special energy, and also two Verbank City Gym, on, and also a Shadow Circle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting choice, running three stadiums. Well, it's really nice to help out with the Veltals to remove their weakness to lightning, uh, the Darkrai to remove their weakness to fighting, and I suppose the Raichu, if you ever needed to prevent them from getting knocked out by a rogue Landorus or something. Just, hey, I'm a Landorus, I'm going to mess things up, which I think we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. That we will. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And then... There is the last deck, Kent. You should talk about this one, or I think maybe we. Yeah, it's 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 basically it's sim- the same as the last one again. Yeah, yep. similar similar to the fir- uh, the first and second place. Uh, the the two semifinalists ran basically the exact same deck with Eveltal, Darkrai, Drodagon, and Raichu, um, but the uh, this. This finalist, uh, th- this semifinalist, Hatch, uh, teched in a Jirachi. Yep. And it looks like a um, couple of differences in energy cards, but overall basically the exact same thing as uh, as Rachel. Yep. They just decided to go with the Pokemon Center for their, um, what's it called? Their stadium. Yep. Uh, looks like he actually ran five stadiums, two Verbank City Gym and three oh, Pokemon yeah. Center. Oh, yep, that's higher up the list. I did not even see that. Yep. yep. Also ran three Hypnotoxic Lasers instead of four. Did not run the Junk Hunt Sableye, though. That 
might have played a key difference there. Because being able to recover a lot of these things, like the megaphones, looks like the third place winner ran... Let's see. Where is it? Actually, she didn't run anyway to remove the items from people. So third place did not run any sort of tool scrapper or enhanced hammer, or not enhanced hammer, but startling megaphone. Looks like fourth place, he opted to use a startling megaphone, which is a good choice. Being able to remove those muscle bands is fantastic. Definitely. Might have wanted to tech in maybe the... Maybe even a single Junk Hunt Sableye would have been nice. But... Yeah. But no, they did pretty well. It was... It's interesting to see essentially two of the same deck make it into the top four, but... Well, yeah, it's ridiculous <laughs> to have the first place match be between basically the same deck, and then <laughs> the fight for third be the same deck again. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, congratulations to the junior division, especially to the champion. You know, congr- good job, guys. You did fantastic work. And then we have the senior division, which, pulling up their information here, also looks like it was kind of interesting. Um, Josh, you should talk about the first place winner, who was... Mr. Ishan Jajas. I can't pronounce that last name. Jajasi? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah, that one. Actually, I love this deck. It is a fantastic deck. I absolutely love this deck. I'm actually running a very similar deck to it right now. But yes, penguins, penguins everywhere. (laughs) It is an Empoleon Dust Noir deck um, with the new addition of the Mill Tank in it, which is awesome. Uh, Powerful Friends is an amazing attack. It's got a base 10 for a single colorless energy. So, you know, it hits like a truck. Mm -hmm. No, not, not the base 10. But... If you have any stage two Pokemon on your bench, which this deck is very, very fast at getting out Empoleon and Dust Noir, um, you do an additional 70 damage. So you're hitting for 80, and then with anything like a Muscle Band or a Silver Bangle, you can hit anything a lot harder, or EXs a little bit harder than that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're running a few of the Mill Tank uh, with two of the Dust Noir, four Empoleon. Um, they are running the Jirachi in the deck, which we talked about earlier is very nice for getting that supporter if and when you need it. And then they're running a single Execute with Propagation because Propagation Execute along <laughs> with the double or diving drawing Empoleon yep. is just brilliant. It's like, okay, I got this Execute. I'm going to discard it from my hand, draw two cards. Now I'm going to propagate this thing back into my hand, and then I'm going to diving draw on my second Empoleon. Draw two cards, propagate again, and then drop your, I don't know what, let's just say your Ultra Ball that you just drew. Yep. And discard that Execute again. It's just so good with that Execute. You can do so much work in one turn drawing. I was just playing yesterday with that deck, and I was drawing seven cards per turn (laughs) just because of Empoleon and my, you know, top decking 
at the beginning of the turn. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just brilliant. I love the deck. Uh, the Dowsing Machine is the A spec that he went with, and I think that's perfect for the deck. Colrus is also very nice because you want to have a full bench. And then he's running the standard and Skyla Junipers. Uh, he does have a single Lissander in there, which I should probably do. And then this one is a card that I wish that I had for my deck, but I am not going to spend that kind of money and still be married. My wife would destroy my face. <laughs> but they are running two tropical beaches in the deck. And this deck, that is amazing. If you can go turn one, if you can start on turn one, it's so nice to have that beach in there because you can get everything set up the way you want it to be and then just drop your beach at the end of the turn. You can't attack anyways. Refresh your hand with seven new cards and then have all of the evolutions and energies and everything you would need for turn two. Yeah. Yeah, that, that tropical beach is just incredible. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm jealous. I wish I had one. Yeah, yeah. Just one. I saw so many of them at Nationals that it just made me sad. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously for the deck, it does run the four rare candy, which are necessary for that Empoleon and Dust Noir. They do only run one of the Dusclop and one Prinplop. So you need those candies to be able to get those Pokemon out quickly and to get most of those Pokemon out at all. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's that. Yeah. And then we had the runner-up, Jeremiah, who ran a, looks like it was a Darkrai deck again, but it's a little bit different from the Darkrai decks that we've seen in the, <clears throat> excuse me, in the junior division. Uh, this one ran two Bufalants in there from Dragon's Exalted, which uh, for three colorless energy does 60 plus 60 more of the Pokemon is an EX. So, and it also has the Boofer ability, which acts kind of like a Hard Charm or an Eviolite on it to reduce more damage done to that Boofalant. Yep. It's actually kind of a headache. So, he also yeah. ran a single Absol in there, too. The Plasma Absol with the Mind Jack and Fearsome Shadow. Which I think is very odd. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good card, but... I'd, are there any more of them anywhere? Like, I think it's odd, but in a good way. Like, yeah. it's cool that they're using something unique and different that other people don't have in their decks. And, you know, I think the Mindjack Absol actually works out pretty beautifully, because he only needs one dark and one colorless to use his attack Mindjack, which does 20 more damage to for each of your opponent's benched Pokemon. Mm -hmm. So well, if he's loaded up his bench, you just start shooting for 120 right there. And it, there's there's an important distinction here with the, the Mind Jack damage calculation because it does a base 20 as opposed to like a 20 times. Mm -hmm. So no matter what the state of their bench is, you're always going to be able to hit for at least 20 damage. Yeah. Get, some, get some chip damage on there and then maybe uh, switch in something else to uh, knock knock out uh, the active if they have an empty bench. Yep. And then he was also running the Eveltal EX in there, and Eveltal and a Keldeo. So... Because, yes. 
Because yes, Eldio Floatstone is just so broken. Yeah, but I, even I, in this deck with Darkrai, you don't need the Floatstone. That's that's fair. Yep. But yeah, it's it seems like I, I'm actually surprised there aren't more Keldeo Floatstones in these decks because it's mm. it's at least around here it seems like that's kind of the standard. You know, every deck has a Keldeo Floatstone. Well, it's just so good to remove Hypnotoxic. Yep. So good. It's true. So, and I think he might have also run the single float stone in there just in case there was an instance of Garboder. So, of course. And it's always useful to have that going on. Otherwise, pretty standard for a dark deck. Otherwise, you've got some dark patches, got a single professor's letter, muscle bands, Verbank City Gym, four hypnotoxic lasers, and three energy switches. Very item-heavy deck, which is fitting because there is a Dark Explorer's Sableye in there to provide a junk hunt. So there is that. And then the two last ones here that were the semifinalists were both Pyro decks. That they were... Yep which I thought was also really interesting. Yeah, a couple small differences between them, but still very, very much Pyroar decks in every way. Yep. Looks like the third place one, uh, Seth Hanslick here, ran uh, four Pyroars, two Electrodes, two Mewtwo EX, and a single Dredagon. Uh, looks like the Dredagon again was the Revenge Dredagon to try and smack around a couple of the Dragon-type EXs that are out there. And also ran two Tropical Beaches. Man, that's, Man. that's pretty impressive, actually. Got a lot of Tropical Beach going on in yeah. in Seniors. That's good, though. I, I like to see that. Definitely. And looks like John Eng... For the fourth place semifinalist, also ran Pyroar and Electrode and Mewtwo EX. Only one Mewtwo, only three Pyroar and one Electrode, though. Uh, ran a Jirachi EX. Looks like he ran quite a few supporters, so I'm sure he appreciated that. And also ran three of the Charizard EX. And for those of you who would be interested, it was the Combustion Blast Charizard, as opposed to the Stoke Charizard. Yep. That that really actually surprises me, because I I would have thought that the Stoke Charizard would be kind of more prevalent, but no. it looks like with this deck, it actually works pretty well. Well, the Combustion Blast Charizard is still good for right now, and... You know, just the metagame that we're in, the Combustion Blast being able to turn two, potentially, or even turn one, be able to get Combustion Blast up and going, is phenomenally powerful. Yeah. So, I still think three of the Charizard EX is a little unwieldy in this deck, just because after he uses his attack, he can't do anything. I mean, you have to use the switch, and if you can't get the switch out, then you're kind of sitting there dead in the water. But, right. you know, well, it, it could I could see, uh, you know, situations where it would be workable because it, it only has a, a retreat cost of two, which 
you know, he's running four double colorless energy in the deck. So yeah. I could I could see how he'd be able to work a manual switch in. Yeah. Yeah, and then with the the blacksmith that pulls it from your discard, so you can attach them right back on if you do have to retreat. That's right. true. All right, and then we also had the Masters Division here. And the Masters Division is where some of the ridiculous stuff went down. <laughs> so I think for this one, I'm going to start out with the two semifinalists for third and fourth place, just because these guys were the ones who ran the conventional decks. Yep. Um, first one, fourth place, Calvin Nordberg. He ran a TDK deck, quite literally a TDK deck. Mm-hmm. It was two Thunderous EX, four Kurem, the Plasma Kurem, four Deoxys EX, and a single Genesect, who looks like was there pretty much to act as a pseudo-catcher. Um, there were some... Blend energy, prism energy, plasma energy, two water, one lightning. I mean, this was very much a TDK deck. Ran a single Verbank City gym in his deck. No other stadiums, looks like. And ran a lot of one-ofs of a lot of things. One Ultra Ball, one Bicycle, one Shauna, one Skyla. So... No, it was just a... It was a very versatile deck. But in this case, it just didn't work out quite as well as the decks that made it to first and second did. And that's something... I th- we'll, we'll probably get into it with the, the second place deck, but this this one, I mean, while it's a good deck, there there's a pretty glaring flaw that I can see. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I was going to mention this earlier, too. I personally, at this point, I like running non-EX decks because getting those EX knocked out and getting the two-prize loss is not fun. And this deck, any of your Pokemon, aside from the Kyrim that gets knocked out, is giving your opponent two prizes. And that's just rough to deal with. And then we also had third place, Isaiah Williams. He ran what is quite possibly the epitome of the dark deck. <laughs> uh, this one was running the Eveltal EXs, Darkrai, and, you know, Sableye. I mean, it's the dark deck. Ran the Absol and the Eveltal, a single Jirachi EX, but also teched in a couple Garboders. So... And I think that's that's an interesting choice because he has a setup here that allows him free retreat with Darkrai, but he's also set up uh, the Garb Odor, which could take that ability away. But well... he's he's mitigated that with three float stones in his trainers. So it's you know it's it's not like this was just. Uh, uh, a random decision. He he obviously put some thought into, you know, the the strategy here. Losing your ability to free retreat does not matter when you get the ability to turn off things like the the ver the gen the Verizian EX or other Pokemon out there that have ridiculous abilities. I mean, main, main Keldeo. Keldeo. Being able to turn off Keldeo is rough. <laughs> 
So, there yeah. is that. And, you know, there's not really a whole lot else to talk about with his deck. Uh, he's running the Verbank, the Hypnotoxic Laser, the Dark Patch. So, you know, it's a very straightforward dark deck. And it's 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 a very nice deck. It really is. But the the top two, the national champion and the runner-up, both ran decks that were made to counter the metagame and decks like our semifinalists here. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, the semifin, the runner-up, uh, Michael, he ran Pyroar, and I believe Pyroar took what was it, six out of the eight, six, they're either six or eight Pyroar decks made it up into the top cuts for these. I mean, it was a very popular thing that kind of took people by surprise when I would argue it shouldn't have. So Yeah, but when people are running things like TDK, they can't do anything to you aside from Hypnotoxic. That's right. That that was the uh, the point that I was gonna make yeah. with the the fourth place is that he has literally no counters for Pyroar. So Nothing. he has he has you know an entire bench full of Pokemon that are essentially useless because Pyroar's main of intimidation shuts it down. Yeah, yeah. None of those basics can attack, and it's all basics. The only way around it, Isaiah was planning ahead, was to run a Garbodor to get rid of that ability and then be able to attack. But if you don't have that Garbodor or can't get it active because, you know, they're pulling you in with Lysanders and knocking it out, it, there's just nothing you can do against that Pyro when you're running a big basics deck. Yep. The Pyroar, especially in here, this deck ran a whole lot of coin flips. I mean, just coin flips everywhere. Four Pokemon catchers and four roller skates. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy was going for just all of the coin flips to try and accelerate his draw power as fast as he possibly could. So. And I love roller skates. I mean, the 50% chance of getting them to work or not sucks, but I still really like the card itself. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a good card. Yeah. And then we had the national champion of the trading card game Masters Division, Brandon Salazar. And his deck was mean. Awesome. To so everybody. Mean. <laughs> oh man, this guy. Okay. Three Landorus EX, two Mewtwo EX, two Raichu, two Garbodor, and a Dredagon. He was prepared for everything. Yeah, I mean, everything. he is running a Garbodor, just like Isaiah Williams was, the third place, but he has zero Pokemon with abilities in his yeah. deck. Yep. So he can run Garbodor all day long, and he don't care. Pretty much. And then we have the... Even if he couldn't get the, the Garbodor out to shut down the abilities, he still has a Raichu that could potentially take out the uh, the Pyroar that he would see, you know, depending yeah. on his bench state. Well, you don't even need to use that to take out the Pyroar. I mean, you've got the, the Hammerhead Landorus EX and 
just like, well, I'm going to turn off your intimidating main and then hammerhead, hammerhead all day long. Yeah. Just yep. one energy, attach that muscle band there, you're doing 50 damage to the active and then 30 more to the bench. You're just picking people off and letting them die. Yep. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the Pyroar decks, you're guaranteed to find somebody with a lit Leo on the bench that is going to get knocked out so fast with that 30 damage. Uh-huh. And this guy wasn't even running a single stadium in his deck. Uh, or, nope, got, two Verbank City Gyms. Yep. I didn't Down scroll down bottom. quite far enough. Yep. So two Verbanks and then four Hypnotoxic Lasers. Whoa, this guy. <laughs> yeah. This guy made a very, very much an anti-meta deck, and he predicted beautifully with it. Absolutely. There, I, I can definitely see why this was the national champion deck. Yeah. Yeah. When you're built to destroy everything else that's in the tournament, you're gonna do all right for yourself. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, that was the trading card game, and now we have the video game. And we've got some of the uh, finalists from the junior division here to talk about. And they also had some really interesting teams here. And I, I really like watching the junior division teams. Those are some fun things to see. Mm-hmm. J- juniors are just really interesting in general, because, like, some of them, it seems like they're they're just kind of, they're wise beyond their years. Like, they, I, and I don't want to, to stereotype them, but it seems like with, with younger kids, they're just, they're a little more imaginative mm-hmm. than, than adults, and they, they think about things in a different way. And I think that that kind of makes for an interesting match when you well, talk about Pokemon. Yeah, when you look at the teams, it's obvious. I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there. Torkoal and Diamond Lasers. Yep. That's that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> Torkoal and Diamond Lasers. <laughs> all right. So, National Champion Junior Division, Corey Connor. Um was using Moltres, Minectric, Tyranitar, Ferrothorn, Azumarill, and Gallade. Uh, looks like he was very, very much a physical attacking guy, except for Minectric and Moltres. Well, yep. Titar actually runs Snarl and Ice Beam. Yeah, Oh, well, there you go. True. Yeah, so... and it's quiet nature, so it is built for more special attack. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. And Minectric was his only... Special was his only Mega Evolving Pokemon. Had the weakness policy on the Tyranitar because trap card. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that that Moltres is, and well, I mean the Gallade is fairly unique too. Manectric, Titar, Ferrothorn, and Azumarill are all very common, very good Pokemon. Yep. But that Moltres is very unique. Yep. Modest, uh, Will-O-Wisp, Air Slash, and Heat Wave, and also the Charty Berry. Good choice mm-hmm. for the berry. Yeah. yeah for sure. Make sure that those rock slides don't one-hit KO you all the time. Exactly. Yeah. 
I think this is the first time I've ever seen a Kanto legendary bird other than Zapdos used. <laughs> well, nobody's <laughs> going to use Articuno. Come on. Well, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> Sadly, for Articuno, he is the joke of the trio. But, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's very nice to see a Moltres come in and be able to do some work. Mm-hmm. Looks like we also had Miranda Burroughs as the Nationals runner-up junior division. Uh, she was using Talonflame, Garchomp, Wash Rotom, Gudra, yeah, Gudra. Uh, yeah, Gudra. We also had Kangaskhan and a Aegislash. This team is kind of... Cl- it's, it's pretty close to what I would expect from you know, uh, a Masters mm-hmm. player. Because it, it's incredibly close to the, the metagame that you would see in VGC. Yeah. Yeah. The one odd thing, though, that I see is the Sapsipping Gudra. Yes. That was something that, that kind of caught me off guard. Because it's not really... I mean, I guess... You know, looking at the the national champion team, you do have a Ferrothorn, but you know that's that's one out of six Pokemon, and there yeah. really aren't that many grass type moves that hit for a lot of damage. Yeah, so. I think the best reason to run Sap Sipper, which Gudra has three amazing abilities, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, all situational, but all amazing. But Sap Sipper is really nice for when you see those Amoongus sporing everywhere right indeed yep i i'll i'll be the first one to admit sap sipper gudra has owned me (laughs) because i tried to put it to sleep with my amoongus and it was like nope yep i'll take that attack boost please yes (laughs) all right um we had also somebody james reineke I've never heard that last name before at all. No. Nope. <laughs> he was the one who ran Torkoal Diamond Lasers. And it even says here on the list that he sidestepped many of the popular trends among Pokemon teams in favor of his own direction. And holy crap, he did that with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, I'd like to caveat that with the fact that he did pick the one Pokemon that is probably the most popular in the metagame right now with Kangaskhan. But. But. Diamond Lasers. Anti-Kangaskhan. But he went anti-Kangaskhan. He's brave. He's a trick room hammer arming Kangaskhan. Yep. That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, that Carbink. That (laughs) Carbink. And that Gorgeist with Destiny Bond too is just like, well, I'm in Trick Room. Well, let's let's do this, let's do this right now. Yep. Oh, this is a this is a fun team. This is a fun team. Very interesting and very unique. And Obama Snow with an icicle plate. Yep. Just need to throw that out there. Icicle plate. Icicle plate. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. There must have been some calculation in there that made sure that Blizzard knocked something out 100% of the time with that plate. Yep. Get but. Blizzard boost. What? <laughs> Icicle plate. 
Hey, he, he got into third place in his hey, division, no, so no, there you go. It works. It's just so different. And then the charcoal on a Torkoal, too. Like, yep. you don't see those items used competitively, but James was able to pull it off and make it happen. Yep. So there you go. And then we also had Theo Young as the fourth place semifinalist. He had Talonflame, Amoongus, Aegislash, Manectric, Gyarados, and Garchomp. Which, like so, the second place team, was very point and click. <laughs> yes. He he has three Pokemon on his team that are capable of Mega Evolving. Now, obviously, you know, he only has one that's going to be able to Mega Evolve, and he, you know, fittingly, he has one with the mega stone and the other two are given different items but that's something that i think has really changed you know strategies when you get the the team preview and you see okay he has three different pokemon that could mega evolve so you know it, it just kind of it, it introduces an element of I guess, hesitation yeah. on, on the opponent's part, because you don't know what direction they're going to go. Yeah, you got mind games going on from the get-go. Yeah, definitely. And I do like mind games. <laughs> mind games are fun. Sam is like the mind game master. <laughs> so those were our junior division finalists. And then we'll move on to senior division, which I I also like watching the senior division. Just junior and senior division stuff is always fun. Yes. And just pulling up the teams here. Oh, he totally did. He totally did bring that one. Okay, good. Um, we had quite a number of the Rotom action going on here. <laughs> um, and all, all three of the first three places chose to elect a Rotom and a Garchomp, and let's see, did they did they go for the trifecta on that one? Did they? Did they? Did they? Did oh no, no they didn't no quite trifecta. get it. No trifectas, but man, that was close. I was I was about to say if second place had just ran a Aegislash, then we would have had something really amazing going on. <laughs> so, um, now that that has been spoiled here a little, uh, Mackenzie from is the senior division national champion and she ran Aegislash, Garchomp, Rotom, Salamence, Kangaskhan, and Venusaur. And having Kangaskhan and Venusaur both with their megastones is scary no matter who you are. Yep. That's that's a bold choice because, you know, <laughs> Kang Mega Kangaskhan is just absolutely destructive but mm -hmm. mega venusaur is such a tank and especially with the that that thick fat ability you're basically you know giving yourself just one weakness you know at that point venusaur would only take you know a significant amount of damage from flying attacks and psychic, uh, and psychic. yeah i guess and psychic but you know that's I always have trouble uh, with a Mega Venusaur because mm -hmm. 
It's just, it's so bulky. <laughs> Especially one that will put you to sleep with its sleep powder and then synthesis away all the damage yep. yeah. that has been taken and just kind of sit out there with its giant derpy smile and giggle at you. <laughs> yep. Indeed. Yeah. And for our runner-up, we had one that was also really interesting. I've not seen one of those before. Um, looks like a Gothitelle, a Mawile, a Rotome again, a Garchomp again, Ludicolo, and a Scrafty. Yeah, Ludicolo! I love Ludicolo. And looks like this one... Yeah, this one worked out very, very well in this guy's favor. I mean, you he has the Trick Room going on, the Gothitelle with Shadow Tag, um, being able to... Mega Evolve the Mawile is really cool. And that was the only one that he could Mega Evolve on this team. Uh, Garchomp. Well, we'll we'll just... We're going to leave it at Mawile. We're going to leave it at Mawile. Nobody should be running the Mega Chomp unless they're, like, just like, yeah, it's just Mega Chomp. That's that's my thing. (laughs) So, you know, it's so he's got that going for him. Uh, The Rotom, T-Bolt, Thunder Wave, and Overheat... Um, he's got just a lot of things that he could do with this team, and I like it. Yeah, I really like the Gothitelle with the Shadow Tag and Charm. Mm-hmm. Charm is very nice to be able to knock your opponent's attack by three stages. Yep. And not allow them to switch. Oh, man. That's rough. Is, I, yes. I didn't realize Charm was three stages. I, thought I it believe was... it's three. You're probably right. Check. You're you're right more than you're wrong by a long shot. <laughs> uh, you should tell my wife that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it really is a fantastic team. That uh, that ability just the combination of Pokémon he has and it's lowering two stages. Is it only two? Yep. My Still bad. though. It I is really fantastic. fantastic. Still that that is for any physical attacker, that is going to just hurt so bad. <laughs> yep. And then we had the third place semifinalist, Paul, who ran Rotom and Garchomp and Venusaur, but also ran everybody's favorite Azumarill. Steve! He Steve! ran. <laughs> he ran a Aegislash, but he also ran a Staraptor. I love Staraptor. And that Staraptor was a very dangerous Staraptor. Just Intimidate and then Choice Scarf, Brave Bird, Close Combat, U-Turn, or Final Gambit. And that Final Gambit, though! Oh, that's so cool! It works very well against things like Aegislash that are just super... No, it's a fighting attack, so never mind. Forget that. Scratch that. <laughs> but it works well against the very bulky things that you can't hit with close combat and Brave Bird. Indeed. To just get them off of the field. And, you know, that's super the name of the game with these, is just blowing stuff up and getting it off. And that is what that Staraptor does, and it does it beautifully. Yeah, it's Brave Bird makes um, Venusaur look like a joke. Yep. <laughs> which is very, very nice. It's close combat messes with any Tyranitar in the game, which are still super common. Oh, yeah. 
Um, the only thing that you really can't deal with is Aegislash, but with the rest of his team, he's got Aegislash covered. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, just Heat Rotom, um, Venusaur especially, Venusaur and... Nope, that was the only one that he was Mega Evolving on this team again, because yep. no Garchomps. No. No, no Garchomps. Garchomps. <laughs> Just don't Garchomp do for that you. thing. <laughs> and then last, the fourth place semifinalist, Kylie Chua, who ran a rain team. Or yes, at least team. at least part right. of a rain team. Um, she ran the Politoed and the Kingdra. I love my Kingdra. Um, she also ran... She she also ran the Kangaskhan, a Talonflame, a Mawile, and a Amoongus. Talonflame is an interesting choice for a rain team. <laughs> With Gale Wings, you don't even have to worry. That's, yeah, that's, I suppose that's true because you would just brave bird everything. Yeah, exactly. That is, I mean, most Talonflame when they come out, Flare Blitz is there as an option, but most are brave birding anyways. Yep. yep. And then we've got Amoongus with his Rage Powder of Doom taking the focus off of a lot of these Pokemon. She had two Sorry. options to be able to Mega Evolve here, Kangaskhan and Mawile. So, she had her options. Definitely. Um, also, just the Politoed kingdra combination. Politoed being able to attack in its own right. It wasn't just sitting there being a support one. It very much could do damage. And then Kingdra, Muddy Water, Ice Beam, and Draco Meteor. <laughs> I love Draco Meteor on a Kingdra. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I like on the Politoed as well that they went with Quiet to lower yep. their speed as much as possible to try to get that rain off. That is also an excellent option. It almost makes me wish that they could have put the IVs up here too, because I would have loved to seen if she had bred the zero onto it. Oh, I'm 95% sure. Well, there you go. When you get to that point, you have to be that close. You have to yeah. be that person. Exactly. That's that is probably the one failing in my Politoed is that I just did not care enough to get the get the zero. Oof, I I just I just decided, you know what? I have I have my my Politoed, it's good enough. I'll just I'll just stick with the, the thirty one. <laughs> yeah. So Alright. And then, finally, the Masters Division of the Pokemon Video Game Tournament. Um, first place winner, Alex, who had the Kangaskhan, Talonflame, Politoed, a Hydreigon, Aegislash, and Ludicolo. It's pseudo-rain team going on here. Yep. That Hydreigon, though. I, mm -hmm. I was pleased that there was a Hydreigon here. Yeah, I mean, Hydreigon was just kind of a... It, it was like a superstar of Gen 5, but it doesn't seem like it gets a whole lot of love anymore. And I can't figure out why, because it's still a, a good Pokemon. It, I mean, it, it'll be four times weak to Fairy, fairy but it looks like... Uh, well, 
flamethrower might be able to do decent damage depending on what what you're going up against fairy wise yeah. I mean, if you get like a, sorry go ahead ken if if you get like a klefki or a mawile out there it'll it'll probably go down pretty handily with with flamethrower well especially when you're choice specced on a high dragon yeah. right but the big reason Hydragon isn't as common as he could be, or maybe even should be, is because he's four base points slower than Garchomp and two slower than Salamence. Yeah. And that just hurts so bad when there is no chance for you to outspeed those other Draco Meteor Pokemon. Oh. So yeah, there is that. And he only had the one Pokemon that was even capable of Mega Evolving. No, you know, no, maybe this, maybe this. Nope, it was Kangaskhan all the way. There was, there was no, there was no worrying about which one is going to. He was very straightforward with this team. So, yep. very straightforward with his Mega. Yep. Well, and I, I like it because it's not, uh, just like a straight meta. You know, like like the the meta game just puked all over this team. You know, th there's actually you know some Pokemon that you don't see very often. You yeah, know? like Assault Vesting Ludicolo. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh yeah. And then we had Adiba Lam, who was the runner-up, second place of the Masters division. He was running Gyarados, Aegislash, Amoongus, Tyranitar, Gudra, and Kangaskhan. I'm starting to find a trend with the Kangaskhan. Yep. Just saying. <laughs> no. I've never <laughs> seen a Kangaskhan. People uh, love that. This one, though, the Gyarados ran safety goggles. Mm -hmm. I was yep. super pleased with that. I Yeah, that's... Safety goggles in general is not an item that I have seen a whole lot of, but it it's really pretty useful. Like, if if you have a, a sand team and, you know, something that is not rock or ground or steel, you know, throw the safety goggles on that, or, like, possibly the um, the, the Pokemon uh, for double team next week, Toxicroak. If you get a dry skin Toxicroak, throw the safety goggles on it and sun becomes no issue anymore. I, thi I think. Is that... Uh, I really need to... It's, it's the powder moves and damage from weather effects is what it is. So I don't think it would protect you from the sun because the sun doesn't naturally do damage. That's your ability that does the damage. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Maybe not so much for Toxicroak, but it's yeah. still it's still definitely a useful item. Well, it's very nice, too, because it gets rid of powder moves, which includes Rage Powder. Yep. Yep. No so when powder. you have somebody running a Rage Powder Amoongus alongside their Rotom Heat, you can still waterfall the snot out of that Rotom Heat. Yep. Yep. So it it's very nice to not be able to be put to sleep by Spore and to be able to avoid other things that Amoongus can do. Indeed. 
And then, you know, for this one, where there was no question about which one was the Mega Evolution Pokemon in the first place one, second place one had three possible options. Though, you know, kind of looking at it, you know, really just the Kangaskhan. I mean, if you're putting the Kangaskhan on your team, you're most likely going to Mega Evolve it anyway. So, mm-hmm. yep. so there is that. But no, he also had a really good team. It was a really interesting one. So I kind of liked the Assault Vest Gudra. Another Sap Zipper one and Faint this time, which I think I might have to think about for next time I breed a Gudra. Yeah, Faint that's is an that's incredible a... attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's really, you know, if you get a turn where you're anticipating, you know, a double protect, that that'd be a good way to break through it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Un- or... Unfortunately, it's going to be the last thing that goes because Gudra is slow as dirt. Faint has a plus two priority. Oh, oh yeah. It does. Yep, so, Faint goes yeah. very quickly. Faint works very well in a situation where, like Kent said, you know, if you feel they're going to protect, you can get through that with the Faint. Or if you have something that really is down to no health whatsoever, Faint will knock it out before it can do anything, no matter how fast it is. Not very many things have that plus two priority. Yep. So, yeah, you take something down to um, Focus Sash Health, and Gudra will take it out. So Indeed. Yes. And then we had John, the third-place semifinalist who ran a very interesting team. Yes. He ran Lapras, Sableye, Mawile, Gengar, Garchomp, and Gardevoir. And this is probably the most unique team that I've seen because like the only the only Pokemon that really uh, I've I've seen in the metagame is Mawile. I mean there there's there's Garchomp's here, but Gengar for for as useful as Gengar is, he doesn't really get a whole lot of play. Well, what is Gengar mainly built for this gen? What is what do people use Gengar for? Parish trapping. Okay, Mostly. and who else is a very good parish song using Pokemon? Lapras. <laughs> and but, do either but... of those Pokemon have Parish Song? Uh, no. <laughs> no, <Actually. laughs> amazing. They came up with a Parish Trap team with zero Parish Song. So they were just throwing people off with their strategy. I'm sure every single fight, people had no clue what was going on. That's that's very true. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do, Josh. Yeah, and then we also had some really interesting move choices, held item choices, Mawile and Gengar both. So, yeah, it was a really interesting team. I liked it. And then... The last one we had was Logan, the fourth place semifinalist, who brought Zapdos, Garchomp, Kangaskhan, Gyarados, Chandelure, and Bisharp. Again, Kangaskhan. Again, Mega Kangaskhan. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Another Garchomp, another Gyarados. They're fairly common. And again, Bisharp. Oh, wait a second. Nobody's yeah. used Bisharp. Exactly. Bisharp is awesome. Um,. That assurance on him is destructive beyond belief. Mm-hmm. It does so much work, and if you build him to just under speed, 
everything on your team, which I think him and Chandelure have a speed tie. Well, actually, Chandelure is timid, so there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you you are guaranteed with that Bisharp because your Chandelure is timid and everything else is faster than him. You are guaranteed to go last and get that double damage out of Assurance. Indeed. Yep. So good. <laughs> and then I do want to note that this Zapdos is actually amazing, has its unique attack that no other Pokemon get. Uh, Hideon power. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's yep. that's an interesting move. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's from... I don't even... No, I'm done. I'm not even going to try with that one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Is it? It's totally got to be an HP electric, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Hidden power electric, because Zapdos nope. doesn't learn any electric moves on its own. Nope. nope. You'd, be, you'd be a fool to think that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that <laughs> Thunderbolt, Thunder Wave, and HP electric, for sure. Perfect. It's the perfect combination. Absolutely perfect, yeah. <laughs> it is interesting, though, to see light screen on Zapdos. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, and to see a bold-natured Zapdos, one that's built to just survive things. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the overview of the Nationals tournament for the teams that were played anyway. Um, any other quick comments on some of the other things that were going on at Nationals, Josh? Not really. Um, the only thing is, honestly, like, I, I know the videos have been posted and you can find the videos and watch the fights, but... If you can ever make it to Nationals, go. Because being there live and hearing people cheering for these top teams when they're on the big screen and comments and everything going on is just really, really cool. So if you can ever make it to the National Tournament, you do it. You have new mail. And it is time to get another letter from our Deli Bird here, who we love to see. It's been a while since we've seen him, so if you guys have any uh, fan mail or any questions, comments, anything, you can send them to our mailbag at theundergroundmailbag at gmail.com, and we'll post it up here on the show. Uh, this one was from Aaron Jung, who wrote, Hey there, Underground Podcast. First, I have to flatter you all just a little bit, but not really. I mean every word of it. The Underground really is one of the best Pokemon podcasts I've come across. It's professional, super informative without being heavy, entertaining, and just all-around enjoyable to listen to. I do a lot of driving for the work that I'm doing, and it's been great to just pop old episodes of the podcast on and brush up on competitive strategy, etc., I've just been finally taking on competitive battling, even though I've played almost all of the games since Yellow, I skipped Diamond Pro Platinum until recently, and the Underground has been huge in helping me learn from more experienced players. With that being said, I was wondering, even though I know it was quite a while ago, I just heard someone on the show mention that they may have an excess of 6 IV Ditto. I absolute, I'm absolutely brand new at competitive battling, and so I could use all the help ever on breeding. If there's still a ditto to floating around out there, I'd really appreciate it. Don't have much that's useful to trade you, and I totally understand if they're all gone. I figured it wouldn't hurt to at least ask. 
Finally, I have a little bit of a Victory Road story from Showdown. Just the other day, as I mentioned above, I've, I'm a pretty new competitive player and had my fair share of losses online. Essentially, I felt like Ash from any of the anime episodes. Uh, most matches run through with little to no contact from your opponent. Interestingly enough, before battling another player, they ever announced over the chat feature that they also were a new competitive player. We proceeded to have three matches against one another, complimenting the other's good plays and swapping notes, so to speak. It was an incredibly encouraging experience, and it has been the only time so far that competitive battling has really allowed me to have the RPG experience that I think Pokemon had for all of us when we first got started catching them all. I felt like I was actually battling another trainer and getting to know them through the game. The player went by XU Ghost, and I definitely would have appreciated a chance to cross paths with him somewhere out there in the Pokemon world. I think that's about all I've got for now, but I just wanted to pat you all on the back and thank you for a great experience. And yes, we certainly do have a couple of those dittos left. If you wanted to send us your uh, friend code or some other form of contacting you, we'll be able to get a hold of you and trade one of those over to you here sometime in the near future. And that goes for everybody else, too. If you would like one of them, we can certainly help and work this through here to get you guys all set up with that which you'll need to breed the most awesome Pokemon ever. What kind of Pokemon are you? How do you do the things you do? Share with me your secrets deep inside. What kind of Pokemon are you? Are you loyal through and through? And do you have a heart that's true? What kind of Pokemon are you? This week's Pokemon Spotlight covers number 377, Regirock. Regirock is a large rock golem of rockiness. Regirock has an eyeball H pattern thing on his face. Regirock has large fingerless club hands that it uses to smash faces, and maybe even a car or two. It also has very long arms and incredibly short legs in comparison to its body. Regirock has a large, rocky spine running down the center of its back. When damaged in battle, Regirock find new rocks to replace damaged rocks in its body, which makes him look like a beautiful patchwork rock quilt. Which I want to own. <laughs> Regirock is also apparently playing both the Scarecrow and the Tin Man in Wizard of Oz, because it is said in his entries that he is said to have no heart or brain. If he only had a brain heart. Yep. <laughs> uh, Regirock had a major role in the anime with his trainer, Brandon. It also had a small role in the eighth movie, Lucario and the Mystery of Mew, and I believe it also appeared alongside the uh, other Reggies as well. In the movie? Yep. Yes, yes. Yep. All three of the Reggies were in that. Okay. Uh, Reggie Rock has had five TCG cards dedicated to him, none of which are currently tournament legal. 
Regirock, like the other Regis, is a single-type Pokemon. As his name suggests, he is a Rock-type. Regirock has a base stat total of 580, with his best stats in his defenses, with an 80, 200, and 100 in HP, defense, and special defense, and a decent 100 in attack. Solid. Solid as a rock. Oh. Regirock, along with Regiice, has the highest single stat of any legendary Pokemon, with his base 200 in his defense. Regirock, along with the other Regis, is the only Pokemon that has Explosion as a starting attack. Yes! Boom! It makes me happy that he blows things up with his face. Yeah. And Regirock's name is based off of the Latin word Regi, which means royal, and Rock, which means rock. Royal Rock. Royal Rock. And welcome back to one of our favorite segments of the show, Question of the Week. Uh, last week's questions, we had several of them, and we had two respondents to those. Um, first one was Isaac, who wrote back to us, Alright, if I was a Mega, I think I'd be Mega Hydreigon. As it does not exist, I gotta choose being a Mega Blaziken. Yeah, I wanna be uber strong, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We, he also replied back for favorite, for if you could have a full art mega card, he wrote Mega Kangaskhan. I love her, she's my favorite. And Darren would be happy that you use the appropriate pronoun there. <laughs> and for the final one, uh, he, which was, which one of the new mega Pokemon has, that has been unveiled has been the one you were most excited about, he wrote, well, until now, Mega Metagross. Man, so strong, so frightening, so banned, I need it. Banned. He must play Smogon. <laughs> Smogon. Then we had Good. another one here from some guy named Kent Johnson. We don't never... talk about him. I've never heard that name before. It's completely unfamiliar to me. Right? <laughs> anyway, this, this Kent Johnson fellow writes in, if you were a Mega Pokemon, which one would you be? Uh, and it, he, he chose Mega Raichu. Okay. Seems legit. Yeah. Um, and then uh, if you could have a full art card of any of the existing Mega Pokemon EX, which would it be? Charizard EX. Absolutely. Solid choice. It's it's a good card. Yeah. And then and then uh, which of the Mega Evolutions from the Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire announcements are you most excited about? Mega Swampert. And Mega I'm assuming. Swampert. I'm, I'm I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say that's that's probably because Mega Swampert looks like Popeye in Pokemon form. Yeah. Well, he does break things because he is a Swampert and he does break things. <laughs> It's because they're things. Yeah. He's a swampert. He doesn't always punch things. But when he does, it's because he's a swampert. Yes. <laughs> and then we had this week's question, which ties back into our Nationals recap. What do you feel was the most interesting strategy used in either a deck or team at Nationals this year? And you can reply for video game trading card. If you thought both, then you can do both. 
Uh, personally, I think that John Hu's VGC team featuring the Gengar and Mawile for double duty Mega Evolving was pretty fantastic, especially since he did not use Parish Song on his obviously Parish Song team. Yeah, and I had the exact same thing. I saw that team, I saw Gengar, I saw Lapras, I got bored, then I saw No Parish Trap, and I just, I fell in love. It's just so different from anything that it should be that it just made me happy. And wasn't the Lapras running an assault vest? Too? Yes. Yeah, yep. <laughs> a sassy assault vest Lapras. I can just picture a sassy Lapras just kind of like shaking her head at people, snapping and stuff. Yep. So I just like Cause it. Because I'm a Lapras. Exactly. And <laughs> that's all. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with Sam. And I am going to agree with Josh and Sam and say that my the the most interesting strategy for me was a parish trap team with no parish and no trap. <laughs> it, well, a little trap. <laughs> well, there was some trapping going on. Yeah. But yeah, no parish song. What? <laughs> it's a good way to just mess your opponent's head right up. Boom. It was brilliant. For, so if you have a response for this week's question, which was, what do you feel was the most interesting strategy used in either a deck or team at Nationals this year, you can respond to it in one of several ways. First of which is by leaving us a reply on the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash the underground podcast. You can reply to us via the email account at the underground mailbag at gmail.com. You can send a message to us over the D20 radio network forums at D20 radio.com slash forums or you could also send the response to us over twitter at radio rotome Undergroundpodcast.wordpress.com. Please subscribe to the show via the iTunes Store or directly through the RSS feed on our website. If you like what you hear, leave us a review or rating on iTunes. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them with the nearest deli bird to our mailbag. Or you can just email us at theundergroundmailbag at gmail.com. We would also love to hear your bumpers. Just record an MP3 of yourself telling us that you dig the underground and send it in. We'll play it at the top of the next episode. Please join our discussions over on the D20 Radio Network forums at d20radio.com slash forums. We're also on Twitter at Radio Rotome and on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash the underground podcast. Please join us again next week when we'll be covering the very first of our fan-voted segments, Double Team. So until next time, Pokefans, remember that our secret base is always open to you if you can find it. The Underground Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license, and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Pokemon is a registered trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, 4Kids Entertainment, and Wizards of the Coast. 
Music used in the show comes courtesy of the OC Remix album, The Missing No Tracks. These songs and thousands more can be found at www.ocremix.org. All original audio, textual, graphical, and video content associated with the Underground Podcast are the sole copyright intellectual property of Nikhil Erickson and Samuel Ranke in affiliation with the D20 Radio Network.